न माता पिता वान देवानलोक न देवान न वेदान शंकराचार्य वेन ही मेट इज गुरु नो मदर मेटर फादर no veda deva no celestial beings no lokas no deva lokas no regions of experience na veda na yajna no scriptures no sacrificial rites no sacred places this is what the sages say for in the in the state of deep sleep everything is negated and it is completely devoid of any object of perception that one the residue the auspicious one that alone alone is myself that alone i am <clears throat> thank you good to see everyone there are few new faces or names there anyone has any question anything to ask or discuss yes please piyush uh, you have to unmute yourself namaskar anjali namaskar namaskar so Uh, Rajaji, I just want to ask you one thing: Is the spiritual selfishness is it wrong or good? What does that mean? Because when I wake, spiritual selfish, when I being selfish, being spiritual. What does that mean? I don't understand. What do you mean by selfishness? Spirituality when, and selfishness I, cannot go together. because when i'm meditating in the morning when i doing my sadhana i'm in so much peace and bliss that sometimes i'm late for my training happen or maybe so much patience has appeared uh, it's a chaotic thing in my career so what to do man should i leave my clinic or i just should stay in that bliss <laughs> yeah you have to choose i think um, in a sense if if others are suffering in that sense that you have a duty to perform and you're enjoying your bliss then probably you should close that clinic or uh, change your timings you know hmm. it is right important now I yes to buy appointment what it's afternoon in india it's 3 pm so <laughs> look the thing is yeah look look this is the thing so you are trying to extract time to do any practice when you do extract time it cannot be on the 
paying the price others have to pay the price for your uh, sadhana let's say i work in a public hospital system and i have to see patients and i close the room and i'm just sitting in my meditative posture that's completely wrong you know i'm taking money from the government to see patients uh, i should not be doing something like this and the thing is that no action is actually trying to get rid of the peace peace is peace just continues peace is nothing uh, which is exclusive to complete silence and you should not be working if it is like that then it is of no use nobody in this world can just stay in a meditative pose all their life you have to do karma action the body needs some action you have to interact with people you have to talk you might also get into conflicts about things so it is a constant awareness in the background when you are working so it is not in conflict and if a sadhak has to do any sadhana any practice and he needs time you can't have that time uh, in the time when you are supposed to work or you are um, being paid to work or someone is waiting for you so definitely yes it's not right because the guilt because the guilt of that you are not serving or you are not doing your duty will make you restless anyway so that sadhana whatever you are doing at the end of it you will not be contented and happy who can be peaceful if you are extracting time which is time for others to do your job or duty it's not making me restless i'm just like the same things and things will happen happen i'm late for my cleaning i'm attending my patient i don't know but i today also it's like i like connecting with like minded like no minded people this group is like no minded people not like minded people i'm dragging to this into this subject i don't know something that compels me to just no, stay here of your clinic for one hour you are doing the right thing so do you have any question about it because i don't understand are you asking a question or you are just I, telling me what you are doing i am being selfish or yes if uh, if you are supposed to be at your work and you are sitting in your meditation rather than attending to patients i would say yes it is just mere selfishness it's not no sadhana because your duty is paramount you can't just give an excuse that i am in meditation so i'm not seeing patients if you're not see if you don't want to see you can take a take an off you can cancel a clinic or you can just give up your practice that's not a big deal but if you are needed somewhere and if you're not doing let's say you are a pilot of a plane and you are sitting in meditation and the all passengers are just waiting and you said no i am in my meditation i can't fly this plane now tell me how would you feel if you have to take that plane you know like i think you have to do what you have to do unless you give up that job
Anyone wants to say anything? Piyush, is that okay? May I? Sanjay, may I? Yes, yes, go ahead. I don't know who is saying may I, but yeah, whoever, yes. Sanjay, my, uh, this body's name is Vipin. Okay, let me see. I think you might be on the... Yes, Vipinji, hello. Sanjay, please go ahead. I uh, this body cries a lot. There are a lot of emotions that come when. I am in that, when this body is, or when I am in that state of bliss, I, I do not know whether this is ego that is coming out. I don't know. Tears come out incessantly but there is bliss there is ecstasy and there is no one These are the tears of joy. I think um, anyone who has experienced bliss gets these tears and they are, they continue, they are profuse and there is no rhyme or reason behind it, but it is so beautiful, you know. It is, it is not uncommon, it is very common. You can, a lot of people can say about it, you know. It is, um, it is no ego, it is melting of the ego when you have darshan of your own pure self. Uh, the joy comes in form of tears, you know. It is, a, it is a beautiful experience when you meet your beloved in your own heart. These tears are of tears of union. So there is nothing wrong and... And look, it manifests in people in different forms and tears is, are quite common. I, I would say these are tears of grace. So do you do any practice or it just happens to you? I think I do nothing. That's the best thing to do. Very nice. 
you know bhagwan ramana maharishi he used to read or someone else is reading periya puranam about the devotees of shiva and he has to ask them to stop reading because he started crying profusely tears flowing from his eyes he said ah, it's it's hard for me to just read these stories you know they are full of that love that devotion and he could not stop himself same is with any saint you look out, look around you know these are the tears of that ecstasy you know you feel that love within it's so much so that it comes in form of tears that bliss bliss of the soul anyone has any other question or to say something i can see there is a message from maya i can read it uh maya who is maya here maya can you unmute yourself it says good evening sanjay simple steps to start self guru surrender to get rid of i am doer concept i work in a law office and is stressful do you want to say anything more about what you have written no I have a doer concept and uh, I do meditation but it is primarily the thoughts have to go So do you have any question about thoughts have to go or what do you want to say about it I practice self inquiry but I'm not getting anywhere so I thought if I do self surrender that whatever I'm doing is the guru doing through me I am the self I am everything but it is very easy to get involved in the worldly activities and get upset and even though you keep saying I am I am don't go anywhere How do I It becomes a strong belief in me that I am not the doer it is just happening and I am just experiencing it all It just doesn't happen 
So you are saying you have this firm belief that everything is happening on its own. Is that right? No, I'm very involved in the worldly activities and it upsets me and it is very stressful. Mm. And uh, there are personal issues and the peoples and the clients. Uh, I just want to finish it all and say, I want to go to Trivnambalai and stay there for two years. I've been there. Yes. And... Uh, but I'm not sure that if I found that blissful joy, even while I was there, it was nice because you're away from everything, from the stress and all. But even when there's a gap between the breath, I don't think I'm finding joyful. Mm. I don't know what is bliss and what is joy. You have mentioned that you work in a law firm and it's quite stressful. Do you want to explain what do you mean by that? Well, I do everything. I'm a more of a clerk and a secretary. And uh, there are clients with all sorts of issues. There are bills to be paid, bills to be sent. And the... Uh, There are personal issues. Mm -hmm. So uh, can I ask you uh, what sort of practice you are doing? Can we talk about it? Yes, it's uh, it's actually family law. We do a lot of separation. And, uh, no, no, I'm asking your practice, not, not your law practice, but your okay. sadhana, your practice, what you're doing. Sorry, sorry. Um, and can you... Um, on your video as well, so I can see who is the person. Maybe next time. <laughs> I I go home, I have a small altar made in front of Bhagwan and I sit there and uh, I have a prayer and I prostrate myself before Bhagwan, who is the bliss, the Brahman, he's above all this good everything and I do a small prayer and I try to sit for 15 minutes with the breath, uh, mindful of the breath, anchoring it, and the uh, Vedantic uh, awareness meditation of Swami Sarva Priyananda. I do that for 30 minutes. And when I'm making a cup of tea or every day, I'm, I'm saying to myself, this is just happening. I'm not looking for the next moment. In this moment, I'm fully present. And before I know, I'm somewhere else. It happened so quickly. Then you have to bring yourself that I'm watching the TV. It's just happening. Don't be attached. Everything will go. All this possession, accumulation, my hard work in the end means nothing. This body is not paying, everything will go. Why should I feel so stressful? Mm. But it takes a second for it to go away. And Look, I will tell you um, a much simpler technique rather than giving yourself uh, these affirmations and a positive thought to a negative thought. 
best is to see this restlessness in your mind, in your actions, in your personal relationships or at work and try to just be the witness of all this restlessness. Just be a witness. Don't add more thoughts to it by saying, look, I'm again in a trap or um, or giving positive affirmations to it because then it's all becomes a mind talk. Then you are dealing with mind within the mind. But if you allow all this to happen without any control and just accepting the moment, whatever it is, it gives you a profound power to deal with it and to deal with it in the silence of witnessing rather than trying to control within the mind uh, by suggestions and all those things. And it might be difficult to start with because for that you have to have some sort of detachment from your mind, from your thoughts rather than uh, being involved from thought to thought and being completely involved. Because the one who is involved in thoughts is an illusion. But that illusion only goes away when you witness to it, when there is some little gap between you and the thought process. And for that to happen, it is just constant practice to, to allow yourself to be away from all these feelings and thoughts. Because when you feel restless, when your mind feels restless, you think you, you are restless. When the mind is agitated, you think you are agitated. Because that awareness, what we are and the mind, they are intertwined so much so that we don't know there is any separation between the two. So this whole process of sadhana is to separate from it. And it takes time. It's not like you just do it now and it happens because it depends how much you have already invested in whatever is happening around you. But gradually and gradually with patience, with perseverance, you start feeling this gap. You start knowing that this whole uh, mental process and the mind-body thing is quite separate than you. You are not in it, into it. You are never actually into it. And when this, then when the separation starts happening, when you have these uh, spaces in throughout the day in which you can be very detached, awareness that itself is bliss, that itself is joy. In spite of mind talking to you, if you are not receiving it at the ego level, it comes and drops as if it's just coming to a wall and nothing is happening on the wall and it just goes away. And that is the reason why Anyone who is established in this is, is in so much of peace because you're not involved in it. Our involvement with mind is all cause of suffering. But with constant practice, you can detach yourself. It is a process. It takes time.
Is it meditation only? You can call it meditation. I don't want to call it meditation because it's a 24 hours job. Most of yes. the people, they think meditation is like sitting for 15 minutes, half an hour, one hour, two hour in some meditative posture in Gyan Mudra, watching your breath, watching this, watching that, uh, mindfulness. I think those are all meditative processes. This is more so to understand what is at stake and try to be, just be. Just be nothing and, and then see how this whole mind and all these things because you have not tried to stop anything. So they will come with vengeance. They can be very big because when you are with mind, it never troubles you because you are the troublemaker along with mind. He's your accomplice. Yes. But when you detached awareness, when you watch, it can be look appears to be very strong because you have no interest in it and it comes. But with practice, gradually and gradually, when you don't involve any type of thought, any concepts, you stay non-judgmental. Gradually and gradually, it just dies down because there is no one who is engaging with it. And the one who engages is ego, which is again false. It is just an illusion of that pure awareness that I am this body-mind complex. But you're witnessing, you are detached awareness, staying as awareness to it, actually just ends that entity which thinks I am this mind-body. Ego just goes away. But it, it, it takes time. It depends on how much clutter we already had and or how much interest we still have. Because our life is not just one job or one task or one relationship. It is uh, entangled in so many things around us. You leave one and then this is left and then this is left. So the mind comes in different directions, in different ways, in different situations. But when you start staying as a witness, and I'll tell you one moment when it gives you peace, staying as witness, you get addicted to this witnessing state. It is so addictive because it's so peaceful. It is, it is bliss in itself. When you don't have any of your ideas to project on anyone in this world around you in any situation. And then another wisdom comes to us that things just happens. Nobody is doing it. We just blame others or ourselves for wrongdoings or praise ourselves or someone if something happens good. But things just happens. And this wisdom is not intellectual wisdom. It comes to you when you stay as witness. Because then you see, you are in that non-doership mode, but still things happen through body. And in spite of your non-doership, you still have to say sorry because the body has done something which is not right. Not, not at all deliberate, not, not to harm anyone, but still your foot might fall on someone or your hand might strike someone and you have to say sorry. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the, the biggest change happens internally. That you feel bliss all the time. You don't claim any responsibility for anything because there's complete non-doership. Actually, in every human being, there's no doership. It's only we think we, we are doing because we 
we follow a thought and we think that thought is leading to an action and then the consequences are our own yes yes so i believe maya witnessing is very powerful you know and this is a constant practice it's not just sitting in front of the altar of bhagwan and and being witness but all the time in all sorts of interactions big and small thank you sanjay thank you thank you Sanjay, hello. Who is Hi there. Hi, Daniel. I have a just hello. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Yeah. Um. Can you hear me? Okay. Is this microphone alright? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, go ahead. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> I have a question about the witnessing that you were just talking about. Um. When I'm the the the, so the methods that I the method that I use to get into that state um, is just acceptance. So the ones that you you talked about various different ways of trying to find that silence, um, and I find that uh, my mind is very active. It's very strong. But it's also, you know, it's uh, very creative. So um, my ability to visualize is is very strong. I mean, I can, I can, I spent most of my life actually just in a kind of a fantasy world, more so than than you might expect. So I can very easily project an image of the whole universe that I'm working in, do you know, living in essentially. And so when I'm doing this accepting, I find it difficult to know whether I am accepting or whether I am creating a very elaborate mental image of doing this practice and then living within that. So I'm sort of projecting what I imagine this silence to be and then experiencing that difficult to know whether I'm, you know, kind of trapped in this sort of a mental realm or actually experiencing silence. But when you are accepting everything totally, then where is the doubt about this question which is arising in your mind? That means it's not a total acceptance. Yes, this is the problem. I have, I'm not sure if I'm doing that or not. Look, I think uh, Daniel, you have put a very good point because 
total acceptance makes you as an uninvolved witness because if you don't accept things as they are then you are judging criticizing liking disliking and then the mental process is going on a thought process is taking and you are taking side of a party or pro or against a situation and then you are involved at mind level at personal level as an individual but if you have a total acceptance then you are a witness who is not involved uninvolved witnessing but in this total acceptance what you are calling a thought comes to you whether this total acceptance is just uh, an imagery in my this mind world in which i'm putting this thought of total acceptance and just accepting this mind this is the trap of the mind itself to pull you again and putting a doubt in you that you might still be in trap but the test of the whole thing is that if you are feeling bliss and peace in it then how does it matter whether you are in mind or your outside mind <laughs> let it be whatever it is but the bliss okay, is, bliss is real isn't it if you are peaceful it is it is that that's what it is yes i don't i don't experience that so no i guess i'm not doing it <laughs> because so, more so more you start yeah in witnessing or in total acceptance that acceptance is a hard thing to do because the mind will come and it will show its old habits and you just accept that restlessness of mind because you are in total acceptance even with that restlessness now but more you start accepting whatever coming in the mind at mind level how long the mind can keep showing you all these faces when though you are getting affected in some way because you can see the emotions rising and things are changing and uneasiness in you but then in this witnessing you start realizing though in spite of all this there's something which is still quite peaceful and in stillness it might not happen in first few weeks or few months but it will happen it has to happen because that's reality of our own self that it is always uninvolved unaffected by whatever happening in the mind at mind level it is out of the box of mind it is not in the domain of mind so anything which feels restless is actually in domain of mind maybe there is still some attachment and how how to be free just what you just said total acceptance and staying as an uninvolved witness it is very powerful though it might take some time because so the um right you start as total acceptance but it you, it 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 is not total acceptance to start with like you try but you are still involved and that involvement becomes less and less with time so so the practice um the, the acceptance is in order to find the silence so you don't have to look for the silence you're just accepting whatever happens and the silence manifests Yes because when you okay. accept everything you are 
accepting the tantrums of the mind and the mind has okay. no one to comment on what it's bringing to you it brings things to look mind only talks to ego it doesn't talk to self okay. self if you can understand this term self self is that pure awareness what we all are and yes. the mind is you can call it an instrument or you can call it a process you can call it bundle of thoughts which actually is an important instrument in a way to deal with things as an individual but at the level of that acceptance as uninvolved witness it has no role to play because it only helps an individual a person when you come out of this personality as pure presence then its role is very very limited because this mind actually creates this false notion of i and you the moment you start witnessing you start seeing that this is just part of the play of if you want to keep working as an individual in society but paradox is that you can still be impersonal as a witness and still the body can work as an individual and do its individual role and there is no conflict in it and actually i i would say it, it connects you with everyone even without saying any word that silence speaks out because that cunningness or that selfishness of an ego is not there so there is a fragrance to that if you call that personality or individual there is a fragrance in it because there is no my close friend or my enemy or my family or not all these demarcations uh, vanishes because that's only that ego's construct to protect this body as an individual but when it is not there then everything is just you all bodies are you and there is no difference in anything it is a beautiful state which slowly grows slowly it it actually uh, if i have to tell you in in particular terms i think it just it it just overpowers you this type of silence or energy just when you give some time to it it takes over would be nice <laughs> but the struggle that i have is that i mean i know that you said and and, and um my one has written that mind is just a bundle of thoughts but mind is so much more than thought you know it has so many actions i mean uh, what you can do with your mind is just the range of it is huge and it's so subtle you know and you there's the, the just the sort of the perceiving aspect of the mind and what you can do with your attention and where you can put your mind and it's so subtle it's so so tricky to know whether or not you are in mind or not you know because i can sense for instance you know i'm looking at a tree the tree is not just a visual a, a visual image to me i mean I, I there's a sense of something there in the tree there's a presence which seems to me like sounds very much like uh stillness you know as a, vibra a vibration of awareness there's something there that's not just an image and so it's difficult to know whether or not I'm, you know my mind then tries to rest in the stillness there you know look for the stillness that's in this image and then try to rest in it 
which is very nice. It's calming. It's, it's calming. But it's, you know, I don't know if that's just mind or if that's, um, you know, the stillness that I'm supposed to be looking for. But, you know, even in the mind, there is that pure awareness that self is giving is the source for everything. So when you see a plant or a tree, it has the same awareness through which it is flowing in everything. In some things, it reflects more than other things. Uh, and, uh, and so you feel more in things. But it's all coming through that self, actually. Even the mind is coming through the self only. So it, it will have that essence of that self, that purity in so many things which we see. So if you feel uh, reverence or connection with things or beings, that's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and you can try to touch the stillness in everything and within you, which is the same pure awareness, which can take you back home in a sense that you, you, you can get to the essence of everything, which is you actually. You okay. in the purest form is that. So there's no conflict in, in anything in that sense. Okay, thank you. Thank you. If we all go into the reality of this whole world, then I would say you come back to your dream example. When we dream, we see people, we see ourselves, we see a situation, we eat, we dance, we cry, we laugh, everything happens in a dream. And when the dream ends, everything disappears. And when the dream is going on, it looks so real. Now in a dream, if you see a person or a tree, you have the same feeling as if now, right now, when you see, which you call as reality. But when the dream ends, you know it was just a dream. And who is creating all that? Just our mind. So that is the immense power of the mind. It can create the whole new world for us. And the body is sleeping, body is in bed, but it creates another body which is moving, which is interacting, which has its own life. And when we are dreaming, we think this is like a continuation of life. We don't feel, I was sleeping, how come I am now at this place? There is no questioning. We just accept whatever the mind shows. And then that dream finishes and then the mind shows us this awakening dream which we think is real. What an irony! That absolute gives us this small hint to all of us every night to understand this mystery, to, 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 to demystify this whole awakening experience that it is coming only from mind this projection of mind is giving rise to this body, other body situation, this infinite looking world. It's all mind. 
not just bundle of thoughts as Daniel you rightly said it's not just bundle of thoughts it gives rise to everything it's the projection of the mind but there is something which is sourced even to this mind which is the energy which is the light and if we understand if we abide in that source then this mind cannot fool us and cannot give rise to any suffering and that is what we all are that pure self brahman it has no name it has no form it is not attached to this body or that body it is the substrate of all bodies yes it is using a particular body to speak to interact but it is impartial and that impartiality of that pure self is the is is the cause of that bliss one feels when one realizes in in itself no other reason because that is its innate nature it is bliss you know when we have an intense desire about anything and that desire gets fulfilled what happens then the mind settles back to the source and we feel happy and contented and joyful until we have another desire to fulfill and it arises and then makes us restless but when we realize that awareness within us and we abide in it and when this becomes sahaj effortless then we are always in bliss then you know we see lot of people saints they are not looking forward for any type of entertainment or doing this or doing that because they are always contented no new action will increase the bliss but sometimes you just behave like any other normal person everyone is watching a movie you also watch everyone is going for a picnic you also go but but if nobody is forcing you you have no interest in doing anything because that supreme bliss is always there there is no need to do anything to get some more enjoyment out of any act because why we do all sorts of sensory indulgence to get some pleasure or joy out of it but when you are that infinite joy yourself the source like you know you play a game and you get some brownie points and you feel happy here now you have got the jackpot whether you do an action for some pleasure it's always there and it's infinite it never ends like you have got that fountain of bliss within you and it's not difficult it's it's very simple very easy only thing is you have to detach from all what mind is bringing to you in form of thoughts because whatever we see in this world though it is projection of mind it does not cause any problem unless we have a thought about something if we can just stay without thought in in word nothing actually troubles us all our emotions all our feelings all our suffering is in form of thought only 
And so we say, if there is no thought, there is no suffering. And thought will continue till you think you are an individual, you are a person. Because person has this entity that I am this mind-body and then others are separate. So it's always tensed up. It has competition, it, it is jealous, um, it sees superiority or inferiority or it is always in that comparative mode. The moment you touch your own formless awareness, what you always are actually, even when you don't know, you touch bliss. The body stays, but it doesn't matter to you whether it stays or goes away. Because now you know who you are. You are that pure presence which never changes. And this bodily actions are not going to bring more bliss out of anything in this world. Sometimes people who feel to help others brings them joy is because they don't have that joy within. And altruistic work actually helping others also bring joy. We all know that. So a lot of sages, they don't even go out to help others. They're just in their own presence. It's not that they don't want to help. If there's something they are needed, they will definitely do it. But they are not going to do it to get some bliss out of it. This is a difference. This en entanglement with the mind is the cause of suffering. And if we disentangle by just staying as a witness to things with total acceptance of whatever is happening, you are not making the mind quiet. Maybe you are making mind more restless because mind has no clue that that ego is trying to push away. So it will bring whatever it has to. But if there is no one on receiving end, soon it will stop shouting. And when it stops shouting, then there's nothing left actually, just emptiness. But this emptiness is not a boredom or it is very alive. It is full of life, full of divinity. It is almost impossible to describe, even calling it emptiness is not right. We call it emptiness because there are no thoughts in it, so maybe it is emptiness. But what it is and how it comes to you and how it was always there, but we never opened our heart to experience it. Because mind always projects outwardly into things and beings and action and situations are always busy with one task or multiple tasks. People who don't do any work staying home, they are also busy with so many tasks in their mind. It's not the bodily actions which makes us busy. It is more of the, we call it default mode network in the brain or ego circuit whose job is just to keep thinking, thinking, thinking. But the moment you 
give up this thinking mode and you're not interested in it, it also stops working. It was working because we have already given so many desires and attachments and aversions to mind. So it has, it knows what we want. Just like your Spotify channel, you like few songs and it keeps giving you songs similar to it. So it's playing your own song. But the moment you don't like any song, you're not putting your likes or dislikes, it will stop. Because the problem with other techniques like mindfulness, you keep your ego intact. So the ego says, I'm watching the thoughts and uh, this is this and um, I mean, but then this one who is watching, we are not questioning it. So you feel peace, less thoughts, but that entity stays. It is good for a troubled mind. It is making you less anxious, but it is not finishing your story. So ego survives that. Ego survives even yoga. That's what Bhagwan used to say. You know, you do pranayam, the mind gets controlled, you feel bliss, and that's all. But the but it's not manonasha or it's not finishing the story completely. And how long a person can continue doing practice and practice and practice? You need to come to that natural state where all the practice drops and just you are what you are. Otherwise, if all life one is doing just practice and practice and practice and nothing is happening, it is sickening, isn't it? You want to just do some contemplation and you need to understand and just be with that and, and the process should end. A seeker cannot be seeker all, or devotee cannot just be devotee. To say yes, you can be devotee of a guru, but you have to raise, you have to come to that level of guru. Otherwise, there is no point to be student all your life. If it clicks to you, if you understand this whole process, it is very easy, very simple and doesn't take that long. It takes long because we have so much of interest in so many things in this world. It's like a shopping mall where you can't just walk straight. <laughs> Everything is enticing. You stop and you interact and then you have argument and then and then you remember, oh, I have to reach from point A to B, but somehow I got lost. So that is what practice is. And the easiest way is whatever we are doing or interacting, how much emotional we get about things, how much we get swayed away if someone says something which we don't like or we support this political party, religious party or a concept or something and 
uh, even if you keep quiet you can feel agitation within when someone is saying something counterproductive but that is what it is all your inner sadhana your practice to stay in that impartial neutral and that is what that awareness is it has no clue about to whom it should support or not support because it's the substrata it is not a doer so when we say non-doership understand ego is never non-doer ego is the other name of ego is doership but because we keep stressing on those points which is pure self so if you start behaving as pure self then eventually because you are pure self you touch pure self and most important of that is non-doership Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Thank you. 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 Thank you.